you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Anybody excited this morning? God, let me just, uh, I apologize for looking a mess already, but I didn't come here to look pretty. I came to get down. Amen. I came to to just, to just come before God and let him know, because you know what? No matter how pretty we look on the outside, when you come to church, God see the inside. Amen. So you could get, you know, some of you want to come and show off your outfits, but you're in the wrong place. When you come before the presence of God, he sees right through the outfit. He don't see if the blue matches the blue shoes. He don't see if the purse matches the, the belt. He, don't, he just don't see it. He just see the heart. Amen? And that's, that's, that's how we come here to worship him, man. Praise God. Praise God. I like to start each morning with a quote. You ready for the quote this morning? Somebody needs to receive this. Tell the person next to you it might be you. The moment the focus of your life shifts from your badness to his goodness and the question becomes not what have I done but what has he done, release from remorse can happen. Miracle of miracles, you can forgive yourself because you are forgiven and you can accept yourself because you are accepted. Praise God. Anybody excited about the gospel this morning? Man, the gospel. If you came someplace for some clever preaching, no, this is the gospel we're hitting here, Amen. The gospel is the good news that declares that whether we had, listen, a great childhood and we came from a wealthy family and we have all the riches in the world or, or we were born to a crack addicted mother and never felt like we had a chance in life, we all fall short of the glory of God. No amount of wealth or street smart can get you in right relationship with God. The gospel makes it clear that everyone from the connected who have everything to the convict who's been stripped of everything needs God. You can't buy it, though people have tried to and people still try to sell it. And you can't earn it Though people have tried to earn it since the beginning of time with the Pharisees to the present day Pentecostals through judgment and legalism, the good news is that the price was already paid and the gift has already been earned. And so to those that believe, grace has been freely given. Would somebody receive that this morning? The good news is that there is one way. The bad news for some is that there is but one way. And that's the simple title of what I want to share with you today. One 
way. Because while the word says it is God's will that none should perish, the truth is many, because of their own choices, probably will. Does that break anybody's heart this morning? I mean, did you, did you hear the worshiper that fell to the floor crying? Does it break anybody's heart this morning that, that though God says, I, I would wish that none would perish, some by their own choices probably will. The scary part is that there might be some sitting right here in church on Sunday morning. Now, I don't like preaching separatism and exclusion but I have to preach what the Word of God says, amen, as we continue in our journey through this book of John. The Word says there is one way. One way. Tell somebody, one way. One way. Not many ways. One way. Amen. So this week we're in John chapter 10. And, and Jesus makes it perfectly and painfully clear that there is no other way. If you want to follow along, open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 10 and listen to the word of God this morning. <coughs> I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. And the word says in verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So I, I started thinking, I said, now if these Jewish people who had sheep and sheep pens and shepherds all around them did not understand the picture that Jesus was drawing with this illustration, I suspect many of my Puerto Rican, Dominican, and African Americans might not be too familiar with the picture either. Amen? And so I spent countless hours Googling this stuff because I really wanted to understand the picture that Jesus was illustrating. And so let me give you some history really quick so you can get the full picture because when you get it, listen, when you get it, it has the power to change the way you live your life today. I believe that with all my heart. I wouldn't say it. The revelation of what Jesus is saying here will get you to walk differently and that's the ultimate purpose of this series that we would take the word of God for ourselves and that we would walk it out amen walk it out walk it out so here's the picture a sheep pen Kelly as a matter of fact Kelly I have a picture that I, I, I put in there if you would if you go to the bottom of the list where all the pictures are I put a picture in there I forgot to tell you sorry and throw it up there because I want I want everyone to see a picture of an old sheep pen. 
It's on the bottom, bottom of all the backgrounds. You got it? Okay. Take a look at this because I really want you to get this. This is not reconstructed. This is a really old um, sheep pen. I think this one is in Ireland or in one of those places. But this is kind of typically what they did. See, right here, the rocks have, have fallen down. But this would be a full wall with only one door. Get, get this picture. Only one door. A sheep pen has one way in and one way out. Um, I'm going to give you a modern day parable. Compare it to a parking garage. Right? Just like many people store their cars in a parking garage, shepherds parked their flock in a sheep pen and then took them out each day to find pasture. That means to eat, to do what sheep do, and then they bring them back. And they, and they give them to the, to, to the guy that's watching the pen, and the watchman or the doorkeeper would watch over them all night. Now, a sheep pen, like a garage, can hold many different flocks. And these pens would have walls all around them, usually rocks, and then sometimes they'd put thorns on, on the top of all of the rocks, sort of like we put barbed wire on our fences. Right? And that's probably where we got it from. They did it back then. right? Because the fox's underbelly is very sensitive and he wouldn't be able to climb over. You got to get this full picture. And so, you know, they, they, they were on the top of these walls. And, and so there was only one way in and one way out of the sheep pen. How many of you see that there is no door there? You need a, a glasses like mine? The, there is no door on the... So... What was the door to the sheep pen was actually the doorkeeper, the watchman, would lie in the door. So the doorkeeper would be the door. Are, are you getting me? The doorkeeper is the door. He would lie down, sit down, put up his legs, put up his knees across the thing, and he would <coughs> watch the flock. And now, he wouldn't let anybody in or out that wasn't a shepherd. Okay? And, and when a shepherd would come to the door, if the watchman knew him, he would let him in. And now watch this. There were a lot of different flocks in some of these pens, right? But the sheep knew the voice of the one shepherd. This is so cool. It's like when you go to the parking garage and you have your little thing, right? Anybody got the little thing with the thing? to open the thing of the thing, right? And, and I don't know if you've tried this, but I've tried it. I've been walking through parking lots in the mall going like this to see if my thing would open somebody else's thing, right? But it, so far it never has, right? Be, what, because why? Because my car is, is connected to this thing and they, they know each other and they connect and nobody else knows, so nobody else responds. Isn't that a cool modern day parable? of the sheep in the pen. Now, so watch this. So the shepherd comes to the opening only after the watchman lets him in. Anybody else come to say, you know, dressed up like a shepherd and say, I'm a shepherd. The watchman says, I don't know you. Be out. He had to know the, the watchman, the doorkeeper knew the shepherd. There was an intimacy. See, there was a relationship there. If he knew him, now the shepherd would come in and the shepherd would go, ooh, ooh. You know, if he was from Brooklyn, he would go, ooh, ooh. And, and all the sheep would know the shepherd's voice. Only his flock would go. I didn't, I didn't plan that. 
Only his flock would, would get up and listen because his sheep knew his voice. Are you getting this picture? So all the other sheep, they'd hear his voice and, and be like, whatever, whatever. But his sheep knew his voice, okay? So, so, so you're getting the picture, amen? So the only person he, he would let in would be the shepherds of the flock that he was watching. Now, different shepherds, you know, could leave their flocks in the same pen. And, and it's awesome and it's still true today. You can Google it and, and watch it. I had all these videos I was looking at. It's amazing. They still do this today. The sheep respond they, to only the shepherd's voice. Once the watchman lets the shepherd in, he calls out only his sheep follow him. Now with that picture in mind, let's continue reading so that you'd understand. Verse 7. It says, therefore, Jesus said again, because they didn't understand. So he said it again. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Are you getting the imagery? Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly to the full. Jesus was using this illustration to get them and, and us to understand who he is and what he does. He said in the first passage, anyone who tries to get in any other way is a thief and a robber. You can only come in through the gate and now he explains, I am that gate. You can only come in through the gate and I am that gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Not only saved, but get this, in keeping with his theme of the sheep, he says, they will come in and go out and find pasture. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have abundance. That means to have life in the full. Did you know that God wants you to have a full life? I mean, did you really know that? That God wants you to have a life overflowing, abundantly full? Some of you hear that today and you say, then why are my bank accounts so empty? Right? I, I used to do the same thing. So I know what you're thinking because I thought it. I thought it before you thunk it. I said, if God wants me to have this abundant life, why is my bank account so low? How, how come I'm struggling? How come, you know why? Because we got our focus on the wrong thing. Our focus, and I knew, I know what I'm talking about because my focus was on the wrong thing. I wasn't seeing the scripture the right way. My focus was on the wrong thing. How many people we hear about every day who have bank accounts the size of phone numbers and are not living a full life. I know some of you are like, well, try me, God. Right? Like, try me. I could be rich and serve you any day. Right? But God knows. And, and you know, there's so many people we read about. Listen, the, the, I was on vacation. It felt like a year ago, but it was just a couple of weeks ago. And, and we were in Miami. And, and it was a blessing because, you know, the church was able to, to, to give my family a break and, and, and we took a, an awesome rest and my family has a, 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 a you know, a, a place down in, in Ocean Drive in Miami, in beautiful South Miami and, and so they let us stay there for free and it was such a blessing, it was such an awesome time. And the last night before we left, 
we told the kids, listen kids, me, mom, mom and dad, we're going out on a date. And after they were like, disgusting, you know, we said, we're going out. So you guys are staying home, we're going out. And so Ocean Drive is right next to South Beach. Anybody heard of South Beach? Yeah, the sin capital of the world, right? <laughs> so, so South Beach is like a strip with like all restaurants and clubs and bars and places to eat and places to hang. You know, it's, it's like a real, it's an uppity thing, you know? And so my wife and I, we said, man, we'll go down to South Beach. We'll find the restaurant and, and, and we'll eat. We'll have a great time, you know, just by ourselves. We'll get to talk. We'll get to unwind. And we'll get to kind of prepare to get back into this life, you know, because we just, you know, when you get on vacation, you got to, how do you, you know, I was just getting the changed gear. Now I had to come back home. And so we were heading down South Beach and it is Friday night on South Beach. So, I mean, just imagine what's going on. It is Friday night on South Beach. We're walking and the crowds are going every which way and everybody has a drink this tall in their hands and everybody got six straws and everybody's smoking cigars and everybody's popping pills. I mean, it's just wild. It's wild. There wasn't a, 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 a skirt, you know, longer than, than this. I mean, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. And we're just walking around like, wow, this is insane. And then a lot of the restaurants have open air areas, right? <coughs> and what they do is they hire dancers to like dance in different places this is out in the open in the street right and so one guy you know he was like woo he was doing all that kind of stuff and so we were watching him for a minute we're like yo look at this guy because he reminded us of one of our young people and we started talking about that and so we got caught up and we're watching this guy he's just he's going for his just right there right all of a sudden this big thing comes approaching us and, and it caught my eye and it kind of startled me because it was big. It was a large figure approaching us. And now, meanwhile, there's a million people in the street. There's a big crowd, right? But, but this thing caught my eye because it was over seven feet tall. And this thing started coming at, at me. And when I looked at it, it was a demon. And for those of you that think I'm real spiritual, no, the guy was dressed in a demon outfit. <laughs> so I know some of you were like... Oh my God, Pastor Singh, that's so awesome. No, no, this guy was dressed in a demon outfit. <laughs> Praise God. So, but, but he was on, he was, I mean, in a de he had the horns, he had the face, he had wings in the back that he pulled a little string here and the wings would go like this. He had a tail and he was on stilts. He was walking on like those big stilts. So he was over seven feet tall and he starts coming and he's walking like this and and it's just really freaky to me right it made me really uncomfortable and I'm like oh okay time to go time, time to bounce which way is he coming so I can go there I don't want to I don't need to be messed with this right but 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 here's what caught my attention the people loved him they loved him he didn't the, the only person he made uncomfortable was me everybody else was like There's a seven-foot demon coming after us. And this place is great. And they were playing with his tail, and they were making all kinds of nasty gestures to him and, and about him. And like, like, like they was accepting him like he was their own. So we got the heck out of there, right? We kept walking on the street, and um, it started pouring. You know, Miami, like all of a sudden it starts pouring, and then it stops. And so where, wherever it started pouring, that's where we stopped to eat. We said, we'll just stop right here. We'll get under the thing, and we'll eat. 
And as we were sitting, you know, I, I, it kind of hit me and I said, you know, here we are on South Beach. This is like, this is like the best the world has to offer. Right? It started hitting me. I, I'm like, like, this is it. If somebody wants to wild out, this is where they come. Right? I mean, if you can't go to another country, this is, this is where you come. In the United States, you go to South Beach. This is where every high school kid wants to go, where every college kid wants to go on spring break. Everybody wants to go to, to South Beach. Because, man, anything goes in South Beach. And so we're, we're sitting there, and it hit me. The weight of it sort of hit me. I said, you know what? This is the best the world has to offer. This is it. This is the best, the cream of the cream, the you know, the top of, this is the best it has to offer. And, and I started to realize, you know what? It's not that good. It's not that good. I started looking at people's faces and, and saying, man, you know what? When his drunkenness wears off, he's going to feel like a real idiot. Right now, he's having fun. But, but in the morning, he's going to wake up and wonder how many people think he's a real jerk for the stupid things that he said. And the, you, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then I started thinking of, you know what? These people, there's probably so much hooking up happening right here. I said, but you know what? In, in the morning, in the morning, people are going to wonder, man, what did I... And, and they might not have the, the spiritual connection to it, but they're going to wonder, man, the word, they're not going to wonder this way, but I'm thinking, you know, the word says when we, when we become, when we sleep with someone, we become one with them. And that happens whether we believe the word or not. Amen? Whether we know or not, whether we believe or not, the word says the two shall become one flesh. I wonder how many people in the morning are going to have these concerns. Like, man, that was great sex. That was the best time of my life. That was the, the best two minutes that I've ever had in my life, you know? But, but, but I wonder when they wake up, they're going to have the consequence. The physical consequence, the emotional consequence, the spiritual consequence. I wonder how much that baggage will weigh on them from that point on. And I said, this is the best that the world has to offer, but the drunkenness will wear off. The drugs, they'll never be as good as they were the first time. And that's why people die of overdoses all the time, because once you get that high, you can't get there again. And you need more and more drugs and different drugs, and you need to alternate the drugs. Anybody been there, you know what I'm talking about, right? It, you never, it, so, so, so that stuff is never the same again. I said, Lord, this is the best that the world has to offer. That's not abundant living. I thought to myself, that is not abundant living. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they might have a life. And that's a life that goes beyond the grave. The problem with a generation today is they don't think about tomorrow. They don't think beyond the grave. They don't think past next month. Right? They don't think what happens when the rash develops and, and, and when they, they have trouble and they got to go get checked out and they need this and that. and They don't think what happens. It's just today. This is fun. If it feels good, do it. That's not abundant living. And that, listen, that might be too much for some of you to really get a hold of, but I pray somebody did. But listen, Spurgeon once said, On your dying beds, the listening of the gospel will seem another thing than it seems now. Woo! 
on your dying bed, it'll seem another thing. Because on your dying bed, you say, wow, no, everything that I did is, is done. This is it. What if preacher man is right? What if great grandma was right? What if great grandma's playing? And what if, if grandpa, what if they were right on your deathbed? It'll seem something different than it seems now. But let's get back to the passage. Jesus is telling this to these Jewish people. They are furious. He's telling them there's only one way. He's telling them the way you think is not it. He's telling them you can't earn it. You, it doesn't matter that you're Jewish. It, you, doesn't, you don't automatically get in. There is one way if you come through the gate and that's through me. That's the only way you can be saved. These Jewish people are so angry. They had already picked up stones two times to kill him. But he goes even further. And later on in verse 17, he says, The reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. He says in verse 18, Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord, and I have the authority to lay it down and to pick it back up. He has an angry mob picking up stones and circling him, and he's telling them, You can't touch me. Is that a picture of the weak Jesus that we see on TV? That we, that, that we make, you know, Christians so weak and, oh, turn the other cheek. Jesus is standing there. There's an angry mob circling him, the word says. And they start picking up stones. And that's gangster, isn't it? That is gangster. And he says, listen, I have the authority to lay my life down and to pick it back up. Nobody takes it from me. And that's why three times it says he just eluded them. That means he got up and bounced. They were going to kill him. They were circling him. They were all around him. And he just said, peace, later. And just left. And nobody stopped him. And nobody hit him. Nobody roughed him up. I don't know what Jesus you serving, but, but the word says this is how it is. <clears throat> Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. Catch this now. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep. And he runs away. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. And he cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus is getting real personal right now with these people. They were officials and priests then as they are now who are just hired hands. They're professional pastors. They don't care about the people. Can we say that up in here? He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. He was talking about the Gentiles. He was telling the Jewish people, it's not about you. I have another flock also that hears my voice and they're going to come in and they're going to be one, one flock with one shepherd. So understand the whole picture now. Jesus used three different I am's. He said, I am the gate, so I'm the door. But then he also says, now I am the shepherd. My sheep know my voice. You understand that Jesus is saying, I'm everything. <laughs> you got to get that. He's saying, I'm everything. There's no other way. Now, it's no, re no wonder that these people said, in our terms, they said, this man is tripping. 
They were fe- they say he's a lunatic. Surely he's demon possessed. Surely he's a he's a uh, uh, they, 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 a Samaritan. They called him every bad name they could think of. This guy is a son of a monkey's goat or something. Every, he, he's lunatic. Look what he's saying. He's saying, I am everything. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am God. People didn't want to, they wanted to kill him because he said he's God. But he's saying, I'm the gate and I am the shepherd. My sheep know my voice. I'm the one who calls them. I let them in and I let them out. And I'm also the one who takes care of them, who leads them to find pasture. Get this full picture again. A good shepherd would be involved in protecting the sheep. Because often the sheep would be near the desert and in certain parts of the year there'd be foliage that would come up but in other times the sheep would have to be led through really dangerous places with all kinds of predators and all kinds of dangers that would be all around them. Listen, there would be a lack of food, a lack of water unless they had a shepherd to guide and protect them and carry them along. Many of the sheep will not make it. Oh, is anybody feeling something? Does it bring new meaning now to Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Get this, but get this, get this, get this. Make sure everybody's listening. Look around. Make sure nobody's sleeping. Make sure everybody's iPods out of their ears. Make sure they're paying attention. Get this, because the sheep have to know his voice. There's a mutual understanding be- be between them. The shepherd leads, and the sheep that knows his voice choose to follow. Anybody get in the picture this morning that God is our shepherd and we are those sheep? Let me tell you a little bit about sheep. They are cute and fluffy. But they constantly get themselves lost. That sound like any of us? When they're not careful, they move away from the shepherd. Now does it sound like any of us? When they are away from the shepherd, they are vulnerable. Sheep can't defend themselves. Well, the macho men, that's, they're not going to like, be real happy with that. Sheep can't defend themselves. Ease up on the ego. That's why Christ called us the bride. What the word says. Not me, the word. They can't defend themselves. Sheep muddy up their own water. The shepherd has to do a lot of different things for the sheep. He not only had to feed them, he had to protect them, and he also had to guide them. Watch this. 
The wiser sheep follow close to him. Come on, this is, this is the core. Listen. The wiser sheep follow close to him. Now the problem with sheep is that there are different kinds of sheep. Some follow the shepherd and others follow the sheep that are following the shepherd. Woo! This is, this is key. This is key. People have left many a church because they weren't following the shepherd. They were following the sheep that follow the shepherd. They follow the followers, and that is a dangerous thing. Listen, some, some sheep, <coughs> they like to be perimeter sheep. That means they like to be on the outskirts. They like to form the outer ring. They, well, well, who are those sheep? Those are sheep that say, you know what, I come here, but I don't come here. I want to get involved, but I don't want to get involved, you know. I want to do ministry, but let me pray about it. We really need help with the kids. Okay, I'll pray about it. We really need help with the ushers. Okay, I'll pray about it. We need some people to come and clean the church every week. You know, okay, I'm praying about it. You don't pray that much. <laughs> That's my response. I love to tell people, man, you don't pray that much. Are you the, All the praying that you just told me you were going to do, you don't pray that much. So just say, I'm going to clean the church or I'm not going to clean the church. I'm going to help with the kids or I'm not going to help with the kids. I'm going to be an usher or I'm not going to be an usher. Don't give me that. I'll pray about this stuff. Amen? I know some of you really pray, so you know. So some, like, some sheep like to be on the outsides. And, and the problem with that is they're the ones that could get picked off by the predators. You ever watch National Geographic? Right? With the attacks and all that. I love watching that. Who's the guy that gets attacked? It's the guy that's in the back or the guy that's on the outside. It's never, it's never the ones that are inside the middle of the flock. Right? It's because the ones that are in the middle of the flock, they're protected. They're surrounded. They got everybody around them. They're pressed in close to the leader. And so when the leader detects something, the leader bounces and he's right there bouncing. The guy that's on the out is still, is still busy looking at some other stuff. To oh, 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 oh. Let me go. And then the lion. Did you know? Listen. The, the, the ones that are on the outskirts, they can get lost. Does anybody feel like a sheep this morning? They can get downcast if they fall. Listen, did you know that if a sheep falls into a ditch, if a sheep falls on its back, it can't get back up? Did you know that? I, it's dead. You could Google it when you go home. Some of you will probably Google that, but you never go home and check your Bibles to see if what I'm preaching is true. But I bet you go Google the sheep. To see if I'm lying. I googled this. Sheep, when they turn over, they can't turn back over. They lay flat on their backs and they can't get back over by themselves. And in the bad, bad heat, their abdomens fill with gas and they die. Sad, but it's true. In a matter of a few hours, their abdomens fill with gas and they actually die. Especially on a hot day. There's so much we can take from this story, isn't there? First, follow close. Follow close. 
Those that stay on the outside, those that work the perimeter, they are easy prey for the enemy. They're, they more than likely are going to get lost. They more than likely are going to get hurt. The further you are from the shepherd, the more likely you are to be distracted. And if my young people remember my famous quote, if you can be distracted, man. I used to preach that every Friday night. If you can be distracted, you can be destroyed. Worship team, come. So first, follow close. Second, don't just follow close. Follow the shepherd. Your pastor is not the shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. When I looked at all the videos of, of sheep herding, I realized I'm just a sheepdog. The shepherd gives commands to the sheepdog and the sheepdog runs around and gets, and, and gets everybody riled up. I, your pastor is just a dog. <laughs> Follow the shepherd. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Don't follow the crowd where my one fiver's at. See, when you take your eyes off the shepherd, watch this, watch this. When you take your eyes off the shepherd, when you take the eyes off the head, you just change, um, the only thing you're looking at is tail. That's a whole nother message. <laughs> Fellas, stop chasing the tail. Because you will be distracted. You'll be led off the path. And when you're off the path, you'll find yourself lost. You'll eventually fall. And nobody will be around to pick you up, to keep you up. Follow close. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Because if you can be distracted, you can be destroyed. Third. And this is key. You have to know the shepherd's voice. You have to know the shepherd's voice. Listen to me. My wife or my daughters, they could call me from anybody's cell phone anywhere in the world. As soon as I hear two or three words, I know who they are. Why? I know their voice. Why? Because we talk. We communicate. You know, we love each other. We spend time together. We hear each other's voices. We know when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're... My, my daughter's always checking me. Dad, that's an angry voice. I said, I'm not angry. It's just loud. But, but we know each other that well that you, you, you understand when there's communication, you need to know the shepherd's voice. You have to listen to him the, 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 my girl's voice is common to me God's word should be common to us we should know it some of us are still chasing horoscopes you're still calling psychics because we haven't been able to discern the voice of God God speaks to us he speaks through his word he speaks through his people he speaks through the spirit of the living God which is inside of us Listen, every believer has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. You want a word from God? You want direction? Ask the Spirit inside of you. Ask the shepherd. You don't have to go four hours to a conference to hear a word from God. Ask the shepherd inside of you.
we were watching a movie the other day and at the end of this movie called The Knowing these two kids are, are being called by angels and they're going to be taken away and, and there was an incredible scene uh, the, 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 the kid goes to his daddy come on daddy let's go and, and the angels tell him he can't go and so the kids say why can't he go he goes because he didn't hear the call and he, say, and he says, but who, who hears the call? And, and they answered, only those that know his voice. Young people. You know, I couldn't end without picking on you a minute. You could pick out Little Wayne's voice in a choir of 50 singers. You could pick out Beyonce and Fergie's voice in a car that's six blocks away. But do you know the voice of God? Do you know what God is saying to you? Do you hear the call? Have you sensed the call lately? Have you heard from Him? You know that, that small voice that told you the other day to turn around before you got hit by a car? You know, you know that small voice that was the shepherd protecting you? You know that sense that kept you from getting on a train or taking a particular taxi? God is speaking to us daily. He's leading us guidely. He is the good shepherd. Listen to me. We were back on this trip. We were in Coconut Grove and that's a big mall in Miami. And we're walking along the mall, my girls and I. And all of a sudden, I, I get this sense that something's not right. And I start to look at this one particular guy. And then when I look at the guy, he puts on his sunglasses. And then I, I, I just keep watching him. And I notice that as my girls are going from store to store, this guy is also going from store to store. And as I watch him, I notice there's three more guys with him. And these three guys all got their sunglasses on. We're inside this mall. And I'm watching, and it got to the point where I got so uncomfortable, I brought the girls together. I said, listen to me. Those four guys are watching us. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they want to do, but they're watching us. And so we started, and so now my girls are watching and they want to get gangster. What? What? You know? But, but I said, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not about that. It's not about that. Listen, you just got to be discerning. I want you to know that they're watching us. And so now it became obvious. We go from this store. There were stores on both sides. We go from this store and they go to this store. And we go to that store and they go to that store. And then I suspected my, my daughter was carrying her camera bag. With the, the big expensive camera. I said, that's the target. I, I know it is. And so now I'm holding the target bag. You know, I'm holding the bag with the camera and I'm saying, come on, you know, and we're getting all riled up and we're supposed to be having a good time in the mall, but, but there's something wrong there, right? And so it got so obvious because every time they moved, we moved and we look at them. So it got so obvious that they called off the chase and they left. Now listen. I am not flipping Spider-Man. I don't have a spidey sense. I am not a trained military covert agent, although I like to think that I am. But because the Spirit of the living God is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. Come on, stand up. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, the shepherd leads us. If you think serving God is boring, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Because it is an exciting time. It is an adventure. You know what it is when you walk in and a still small voice tells you turn around. And so you turn around at just the right time that you needed to. And you get the word just the right time that you needed to. It's, it's, it's exciting. When you're not serving the Lord, you're walking blameless, blind. You're chasing tail. And wherever the tail goes, you go. And if the tail walks off the cliff, you walk off the cliff. But when you're serving the Lord, man, there's something. You're a covert agent with, with the Spirit of God sending messages to your spirit. Amen. The shepherd is calling today, church. He's guiding today. He's leading us today. Will we answer? John tells us Jesus is the door. Family, will we enter in through him this morning? Or do we keep thinking we get to, to God through any door? <laughs> Jesus tells us he is the shepherd. Will we follow him closely? Or will we follow the latest spiritual fads? Sheep following sheep. John tells us his sheep know his voice and only the called can go with him. And the called are the ones that hear his voice. It's such an awesome picture that Jesus gives us in another parable using the same theme about the sheep. is that the good shepherd would leave the 99 to go and find the one that was lost. All the lost sheep has to do is cry out. He can't fix himself. He can't find himself. He can't straighten himself out. He can't pull himself together. He can't even get up after he's fallen. All the lost sheep can do is cry out. And if he cries out, the good shepherd will hear. He will search for him. He'll rescue him. And he'll bring him back into the fold. Where are you this morning? Where are your friends? Where are your family? Are you walking it out in a way that they can follow? Are you following closely? Are you pressing in? Would you come join us? Come to the front. Come to the front. Listen, if you've been a lost sheep, if you've been a lost sheep, come to the front. All you got to do is cry out. All you got to do is cry out. Nobody's going to do it for you. Welcome. Welcome those in the front. Come on. I'm sorry this ain't a feel-good message, but it feels good when you were blind and now you see. It feels good when you were lost 
and now you're found. Amen? Just come, just come. Go ahead. Worship, worship. Grateful heart I'll give. Grateful prayer I pray. Welcome home to the sanctuary. A place of rest for the broken and weary. Where you can let go. Cause you're fully known. Bye forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. Jesus.